Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. Good morning, Washington. For the month of July, Pastor Jimmy and his family have been on vacation, and we have had the absolute blessing and privilege of having guest speakers come and share the Word of God with us on Sunday mornings. Um, and so this Sunday morning is no different, and I'm super excited. Um, Vic and his family are here. Um, Vic is a mentor of a good friend of mine. He's the senior leader at Wasion Church Outreach Center. Um, he has spoken at Encounter Night, and he's a good friend of Pastor Jimmy. And so would you guys join me in welcoming him up? Okay. Well, oh, look, where's Lauren? Lauren, where is she? Lauren, why am I getting feedback? Okay. Lauren has all my scriptures today. Please ask her about that. And do you know she has a nose ring? I only pick on people that God loves, so. Okay. Oh, Lord Jesus, I heard this chair creaking. <laughs> Let me introduce some guests of mine as I'm battling a spirit of fear up here, because this, uh, this takes faith. Faith is the substance. Uh, we, we got some folks with us from the Wasion Outreach here, so if you guys would just wave your hands up here and yay! They are a wonderful, a wonderful group of people, and uh, I am I am just delighted to be here. Um, I, I know you guys have uh, you've experienced great growth in the Holy Spirit. I also know you have suffered for it, and uh, welcome to the jungle. That's the way it works, you know. <laughs> I never did play football and think, oh gosh, I got hit. These guys don't like me. Uh, the truth is, in the body of Christ, we always have the ball. Always have the ball. All the devil can do is play defense. I really apologize for the keyboard because I can't, I can't see you there. Yeah, there you go. So um, we're going to pray. Obviously, we need to. It's just because I'm speaking. So and thank you so much. This is this is kind of great. There's a lot of prayer. I literally can feel in the spirit that has gone from here. And, and so, you know, we're, we're going to launch, we're going to launch what, what uh, you know, is, the, is what Jesus preached. We're going to preach what Jesus preached. The whole Bible is about Jesus. Old covenant, new covenant. Once you get Jesus' theology... You don't interpret through the Corinthians and the culture. You don't interpret through the Hebrews and their culture. You interpret that through Jesus. Jesus is the word. The Bible is Jesus. And if you say that to a demented mind, you'll get hate mail. What are you saying? That book is Jesus. That's why people reject it. Because he says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was what? So we're not going into a text this morning. We're not going into a text. We're not going to use 
what we call natural-minded reasoning, which is hostile to the Holy Spirit to preach the kingdom of God. My assignment is what is the kingdom of God and who gets in it? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my fun house. I, I like that. I like the kingdom because, and I promise you we're going to pray. This is how it works. We are his kingdom here. We are his kingdom. We've got to stop saying, this is my church. We've got to stop saying, this is my church. This is a beautiful section of his kingdom. It'd be like me playing offensive tackle at the Bowling Green State University and saying, this, this is my football. It's very limited. Is it? Yes. Is it your church? We say big C, little C, all that kind of stuff. That's redunculous. It's when ridiculous and a donkey have a child. Redonkulous. Is it, we are his kingdom. And the reason this section is, is being preached to this is because God is baptizing our minds is you're ruled and married to a king. The gospel is the fact that you got married. We're going to explore that. So, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus over this wonderful section of your kingdom, what we know as the kingdom of God here in Toledo just happens to be where this section is. And God, I pray for unity. For this reason, we kneel, as Paul said. I pray for the same thing, God. Unify together with all the saints to grasp their inheritance and how high and how wide and how deep is the love of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I give you permission to be yourselves. Now, can I have permission from you to be myself? Yep. All right. God said to me once, he said, I'm the funniest guy you know. And I laughed. And he goes, see? I'm not joking. Well, it actually, it is kind of a joke, but, but it's a true story. Cheerful heart's good medicine. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Why so serious? He laughs at his enemy. Why so stiff? From the lips of children, he has ordained praise. Did you see them? The Spirit of God moved me. I, 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 I don't wave flags. But I was so moved, I thought, we've got to loosen up and take our ties off here a little bit. I mean, look, half the kids ripped their jeans. I'm standing up, this is a holy place. I'm looking at all the worship team. I'm going, I was wanting to make sure I didn't offend anybody. You know, I wasn't going to wear a tie. wasn't sure where the culture was. And I get up here and I felt like I should cut my dress pants. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so here it is, ladies and gentlemen, just for Lauren, the scripture today. Lauren, you picking this up? Good for you, good for you. 
Everybody give her an awkward round of applause. <laughs> Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. Yes, and amen. From this time, when he withdrew, went to Nazareth, from this time he began to preach the kingdom of heaven is near. Why is that? Because he was on earth in human form. He said, hey, looky here. Looky here, fellas. You might not have thought you'd have found God in a lump of straw with some manger and some Christmas carols, but looky here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right, let's join hands and pray. There we go. So we, we declare all that stuff, and then we act like we live differently because we're in a, constantly getting revelation from heaven. Not man, that's when Jesus teaches you the word. See, you got to have the word. But, but dead letter is when you read the Bible and you don't understand Jesus' theology. So you make up your own. We got a lot of that out there. We got a lot of crazyville going on. You know what I'm saying? Forgive me, ladies. I don't always go into the football metaphors, but Vince Lombardi, every year after the Packers would win the Super Bowl, he'd take his Super Bowl champions out and go, men, this is a football. We're going to take our Bibles and go, the saints, this is a Jesus. Makes me want to eat pasta. This is a Jesus right here. You're looking sick, son. You got to eat. Here's what I want you to understand about the kingdom of God. The whole, what's the word I'm looking for? Theme of the, of the book. The whole theme. Girls, are you ready? It's a Hallmark movie. It's a Hallmark movie. She's married to the wrong guy. I mean, she's engaged to the wrong guy. And he's in the city, and he's a workaholic, but he's got money, and she's got a ring. But every Hallmark movie, especially the Christmas one, she's engaged to the wrong guy. Men, I apologize, but you're going to have to watch a Hallmark movie today. So raise your estrogen levels. Don't change your genders. That's not for us. Raise your estrogen levels. Get you some cherry bonbons. Sit down, relax, because we're fitting to talk about what every woman loves is romance. Romance. I mean, you watch them. You watch them. They hold themselves. They make faces. And and, and it's, it's, it's like, no, don't marry him. He's... No, he's no good. He's like, and she doesn't know what to do. It's stupid. Every single one. I could write every one of them. He's in the city at a Metroplex, at a high-level corporation, and he's very successful. He's got money. He's got toys. He's got cars. He's got connections, all the stuff. She's thinking, this is my picket fence. And it's the Garden of Eden when the snake speaks. Girls, don't talk to a snake. That's stupid. He said, you know what? Young lady, I got something God hasn't given you. And what'd she do? Wrong guy. Lucifer. So God has to come and win us over Jesus 
Because humanity was married to the wrong guy. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Most romantic thing in the book is when the king, I love the royal ones, don't you girls? Don't you? Where's my sister's at? Where are don't you love the royal ones? When, when, when the camouflage prince, he's always camouflaged, comes in and she's just an ordinary girl. She's a commoner. Commoner. But he loves her. He's engaged to the arranged royal marriage. Makes you want to throw up in your mouth, doesn't it? He falls against his mother or against his father that he's going to marry this peasant woman. You get it? Repent, for the king wants to marry you. Most tragic thing in the world is we don't understand repentance. Repentance is a big word. John the Baptist, his baptism was a baptism of what? How about repentance? Yeah, the water and repentance is the same thing. Get it? In other words, when you got baptized, you got baptized into Christ, Romans 6, for you, Lauren. Okay? Romans chapter 6, you got baptized into his death, which means you broke up with the old guy. And you put on a royal robe. You're clothed with Christ. Get it? That's your wedding gown. Get it? And you stand up and go, ha ha, got married. Got married. New guy, right guy, went some kind of tragedy, Christmas tree farm, something into the country, meets Mr. Hot Chocolate at a Christmas tree thing, and he loves kids, and he's not self-centered, and he loves her. Right guy, get it? Every single one of them. Then some tragedy right beforehand happens to where they almost split up. And guess what? Boom! Hallmark happily ever after. Can I get an amen, sisters? See? Makes you men want to watch them now, don't you? Hmm? Okay. Maybe not. But if you understand the Bible in the realm of romance, men, you'll be a lot better. Girls, don't we want our men to be a little more romantic? You see those looks going around the house? Like, women are afraid to turn. It's like, he just said what I was thinking. Yeah. Here's the beauty. Repentance is the most misunderstood thing in the world. We think we repent of smoking and drinking, which is stupid. So we haven't repented of sugar yet. I'm feeling sassy. Because you can't repent of sugar. You can't repent of smoking. And you can't repent. Here's what you do. Repentance is a turning, a complete life-giving process to marry someone different. We struggle with law and grace and mercy. We misunderstand mercy and grace. The gospel, the wedding invitation has both because Jesus comes to earth and here's the book of Hosea, right? And Jesus falls in love with the whore of Babylon, us. We're all 
We've all had sex with the wrong guy. We've all prostituted ourselves. We've turned to foreign gods. All that is just made easy. We're shocked that the most, the greatest romance in the world is like, you're royal and you want to marry me and I'm dirty. Anybody ever in here felt dirty? Anybody ever felt guilty? Any ever, anybody ever got rooms that you don't want to go into? That's because we're the bride. Now the glory of repentance, Jesus says, repent. The king has come. The kingdom is at hand. He's here and now he has come. And so we, we preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. Here's the most deceitful thing in the world. You know, in my journey, you know, I got saved, you know, God jerked me off a football field when I got saved because my mama prayed. In my journey, I knew I was going to hell in gasoline underwear. You'd have, I mean, I was a whore of Babylon. That's just easy. That was easy for me. You know, we're all bad. We've fallen short. There's not such thing as a good person. But we try to be good, though it's Mission Impossible number 17 now or something, whatever that is. Here's the deal. So people said, you know what? You, you don't want to go to hell, do you? I go, oh, no, 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 because I know I am. God help. I used to pray, God help me not go to hell. I'd come home from a bar. <laughs> I'd go from a Bible study to a bar, and, and I'd shake my head. And I'd think, this is the thing, because I grew up Methodist. So, you know, we were confused as a dog in a new dish. You know, all that kind of stuff. And, and then, of course, try not reading the Bible on top of that. At least I had my mama giving me Bible stories and bedtime prayers. I prayed. Anybody know what the sinner's prayer is in here? Any evangelicals know what this, is this the most uneducated church in America? Okay. You want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior? Yeah, see, sinner's prayer. There's a problem with that. I, I did that about 700 times. That's when I was Baptist. Because that's what we do. You know, in Baptist, we believe in eternal security, but you have to get saved every Sunday. I still was confused about that. I preached in a lot of Baptist churches. My mom was Baptist. She was Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, and then she married an atheist. I don't recommend it. Here's the deal. Why didn't it work? I said it 700 times. I was searching until one day at BG, then and I, I had a false start. I was engaged to the wrong girl. Okay, anybody ever had anybody, any false starts in here? Anybody had a false start? You were in a relationship and you go, well, that's not what I was looking for. You know, I know the devil drives a coupe de ville. <laughs> So all that, where I got broke, the sandcastle fell, and so I, I was searching, and my mom was praying, and I'm coming through University Hall one day, and I see a picture, and this is very applicable to me, because my mother prayed for a big child after she saw the old movie, Samson Delilah. She said she would name me Victor, because I would conquer for God, married to an atheist when she said that prayer. And lo and behold, she had the biggest kid in college football in 1984. That was my mama's fault. Couldn't ride the ponies at age six at the Fayette County Fair because you prayed for a big child. <laughs> Cost her a lot of money in shoes, though. Had three different shoe size changes in ninth grade. So I see this picture, and the, guess what it is? I've never seen this. Imagine this in University Hall. This was 1983 in January. I see this picture. 
Here's my conversion experience. Y'all ready for it? Okay, because it doesn't check all the boxes. I didn't even know if it was legal or not. I didn't even know what I was doing. So I see this picture, and it says, a, it's, it's, it's a picture of a football player, a big, fat, tater football player, on his knees, all muddy and everything, praying uh, in a locker room before, after, after a game. And the caption on it said, a man is never bigger than when he's on his knees. Jesus spoke my language. He knew. He knew. I can't explain to you the mystery of the Holy Spirit. I can just tell you he's real. 700 times I said the sinner's prayer. I had no revelation of what the kingdom was. I didn't know that was a moment when the God of the universe got on his knee and held, and he held out in his hand a love that I couldn't understand to a whore. I said, I choose you. It wrecked me. It wrecked me. I went back to my dormitory room and I got on my knees and this was my prayer. God, I don't know what you want to do with me. Whatever you want to do, my life is yours. I'm sobbing. I'm broken. And that's when I met the Holy Spirit. Because all those times I prayed the sinner's prayer, I was lacking one thing. I wasn't married. Do you know you can say the sinner's prayer and not be married? It's not a prayer. I was married to Lucifer. He was first in my life. God gave me a gift. My mom prayed. I happened to be successful in the realm of athletics. But I never repented. I said, Jesus, I want you in my life, but I was unwilling to repent. I didn't even know what the word repent meant, but now I know in that moment, when I laid it down, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. That, that was God. I don't want to be married to the wrong person anymore. People said about me, how long have you been a Christian? Have you been a Christian like all your life? I go, no, I got saved in January. They said, what? He filled me with a completely different desire because I wasn't born again. Now here, let me tell you the secret because you, this will make sense to you now in the context of marriage. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. There's only one way you can be a worker of sin is if you're married to Lucifer. It's not just one sin. People go, oh my gosh, I hope I go to heaven because I sin. Because <laughs> you sin every day. Everything not done in faith is sin, so relax, calm down. We got that part, right? Here's the deal. Won't they even say we prophesied? 
Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Yeah, the name of Jesus is a police badge. Get it? Did I work miracles among you in Galatians because you obeyed the law? He said, no, I did miracles, not according to your obedience. Why? Here's what we don't get about the kingdom and miracles. This is a house of miracles, right? It's kingdom of miracles. The name of Jesus is a police badge. An officer doesn't wake up in the morning and evaluate his life. He just puts a badge on. Hmm. See it? He uses his authority. Now you understand the centurion, uh, the centurion soldier? It amazed Jesus. There's only two people that amazed Jesus with their faith. Him and the Syrophoenician woman. What she understood, he said, because this tormenting situation, it was awkward as Lauren and I today when, when, when I'm, she's asking me if I have a PowerPoint or scriptures, all that stuff. Right, Lauren? You still with us back there? Okay, good. Good. You married yet? You are? Where's your husband? He's camping. That explains it. Did you tell him I was speaking? What, do you go to Toledo or something? <laughs> hey, calm down. Calm down. I just did a Toledo wedding for the baseball players, you know. They got married. It's the only chance that they ever get a ring. So anyway. <laughs> hey, we're allowed to laugh. You gave me permission to be myself, right? Right. They had to get a BG preacher to do a Toledo wedding. I think that's funny. I just love God. You hold in your hand. When you get married to Jesus, you receive a police badge. In the name of Jesus, we command healing. See, I'm squirreling here because I'm not staying on my topic of repentance yet, but it is part of it. When you pray for healing, stop asking the police chief to arrest people. God, will you heal Sister Susie? Will you do this? Will you do that? And God is exhausted with us. He, his frustration was, no, I gave you the police badge, not according to your holiness, according to mine. So when you command healing, it happens because of the police badge. Guess who gets the glory? The police badge, in the name of Jesus. We sing all the songs and then ask God to do it. Stop doing that. You're married. Get it? Prodigal son, you already got the ring. Now you got to use the spiritual gifts. Here, let me just break this one off. I hate this one. God didn't give me that gift. Shut up! Shut your mouth and pass the biscuits. Here's how easy Jesus' theology is. How many... Being God, my, how many gifts did Jesus have? Turn to somebody and say, well, that's easy, all of them. Because he was God. Right, Court? All of them. Where's he live? Oh, in me. Well, then how many you got? You just ain't using them because you ain't eagerly desiring them yet. Just broke something off. It happens all the time. They go, oh, what about as he determines? He determines by how much you eagerly desire him. He wouldn't promise you a gift he wouldn't give. He wouldn't tell you to eagerly desire something he ain't going to give you. See, I'm from southern Ohio where we don't pronounce the O. So sometimes it just comes out. And I have weird sayings sometimes. And that happens. But just remember, folks, 
Everybody's telling you God doesn't always heal. God doesn't always heal. We're preaching the gospel according to our experience. God doesn't change. And they say, well, Vic, how is it that you pray for healing? You got these testimonies of instantaneous miracles and healings and everything. Well, easy. One healing takes place over time. Right now I'm healing. And you got metal rods and diabetes and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. How is it then if you, you pray for people and they get healed and you got all this stuff? I go, it's proof it doesn't come from me. <laughs> of course not. So if you're getting attacked in that area, calm down. You got a bunch of theologians out there that are stupid. We like to say stupid in here. I got permission to be myself. Or I can just say, you know what, they got a PhD in idiot. I told you I was feeling sassy in this house. The kingdom of God, when you get married, you're married. It ain't friends with benefits. You want to know why it's crazyville out there in the church? We have no power in the church. Folks, don't, don't, don't yell at you know, the Biden administration and don't yell at, you know, Black Lives Matter and don't yell at abortion protests and all that. It's our fault. Well, that went over like a rat sandwich. When the, when the bride, when we begin to proclaim we are the kingdom, unity comes. We had some great prayers for unity comes. Do you know why we're not unified? We keep saying my church. Do you know Jesus used the word church only three times? Does that shock you? Because it was a different word. Lauren, please. No, I'm picking on her on purpose. I really see. You noticed how angry I was at that. Just, it, I, I became an atheist after that micro. Yeah. I forget what I was saying now. You remember? Church. Thank you. Jesus used this word. Ecclesia instead of ecclesia. We translated the word church. You know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church because the church is a kingdom. Every part of it. You're one section of it here. We're one section in Wasion, but we're united today, aren't we? We're united. We're brothers and sisters. We're family because we have the same king. We're all, we, we all got married when we got born again, and we make a kingdom culture. And we don't move in power and authority because we're not united. And we think when we sing, this is a house of miracles, we're talking about Washington Church or the Washington Outreach. I mean, there's nothing wrong with singing that, but we just have to understand. Remember the old audio adrenaline song? It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. Yeah. It's, it's a kingdom. All over the world, we're united. When you start preaching, repent for the kingdom is, then you get married and repentance can take place because on the day of judgment, folks, there'll be many people who have Jesus about third in their life that will get shocked because they believe he loves them 
Listen, I ain't trying to shake your covenant here. I'll strengthen it, don't worry. But I also don't want you to walk in deception because I want to walk a careful line here so that you don't doubt your salvation. Is there be many people that have never repented. And I don't mean of sugar or smoking. Or sex. Can't say that word in church. We have to talk about it all the time out of church. The one where we don't say sex. Well, men, how many of you all want to get married without sex? That's stupid, isn't it? Everyone suddenly got nervous. Look how nervous my wife got. She says, oh, I hate when he goes here. But... <clears throat> When you get married, it's good. I'll, I'll, wait a minute, did I lose you? Did I lose you? I'm, men are easy, sex and food. Girls, that's our secret. And we're like a dog. If you pet us, we'll love you forever. Right. Right, guy? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was in there. See that? You got to get a crowbar sometimes to get it out of them. When you get married, it's a completely different world. There'll be people that go, I believed you were a loving king. I believed that you loved me. But they were too scared to get married. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. There'll be people in a deception, but, and it, guess whose fault it is? We don't preach this. Because repentance explains everything. Repentance doesn't put you under law. Because the king gives you grace and mercy. Mercy is not grace. This is very confusing for us in the kingdom. Mercy is the forgiveness for every time you've clicked the naughty button. Every time you have shame. Mercy is new what? Every morning? Because you don't get divorced when you sin once you're married. Get it? Seven times 70, all that. But here's the deal. There's a difference between sinning and not being married, isn't it? Let me, let me get my sisters involved here. Do your men still sin against you in marriage? Have they ever done the wrong thing? Let's get some testimony. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Jimmy's like, I'm never bringing you back again. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, here, it's, it's simple, isn't it? You don't get divorced because things go wrong. You get better. Okay. So, but once you're married, it is a life-giving process. You give your life to Jesus. Here's, to equip you to preach the kingdom is you can't just say, hey, Oh my gosh, I'm desperate. I've never talked to a non-Christian before. Do you, do you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus right now before I ever lose you and get another chance? No, calm down. Because seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. My whole life, when you say, well, how did you get saved? Well, it started when I was born and my mama prayed. Like We can't take her out of the process. See that? That's the, that's the beauty of this thing, folks. And repent. 
for the kingdom of heaven is here. Here's the difficulty we have in the body of Christ. Many of us are running around with a bad marriage. But you're not going to hell. Isn't that why Paul said in Ephesians, marriage is this amazing illustration of a spiritual truth? Paraphrase mine. Why is it so quiet in here? Are you getting this? Are light bulbs going on? When you begin to preach the kingdom and say, well, you should come to my church. What's good if they come to your church? But if you're giving them the gospel of the church instead of the gospel of the kingdom, you're going to lack power. See it? You're also going to have selfish ambition and every kind of disorder. Don't worry, I'm preaching everything I've done. I've been in ministry 40 years, and I'm listening. I'm a living illustration of all these mistakes and everything else. It's been a journey to fix my marriage with God. Because he called me, and he continued to call me. But yes, from that moment when I hit my knees in 1983, we've always been married. And in that marriage, there's times I've had an adulterous heart. There's times I got disappointed and hurt and said, God, I'm done. I'm done. I don't mean done believing in you or salvation. I'm just, I'm done with ministry. There's times it's been that hard. Why do you think the Bible says Christ is formed in you as through the pains of what, girls? Childbirth. Get it? Get it? But the baby's coming. Hey, this is just for you today. Yeah, what's your name? Kelly. You're like me. You're showing. Right? I'm pregnant too, just with something different. Right? But the joy and anticipation, right? And isn't it, girls, when you're pregnant, you battle fear? Oh, yeah. Because of the stories of all the babies and miscarriages and all that stuff. And I remember going through it. We had twins. We got the buy one, get one free deal. And, and uh, we had difficulty having kids. And then, bam, people prayed. And we got two of them. We got Becca and my six foot five, 220 pound son who played for the University of Toledo. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? I said, Vic, how did you play for Bowling Green? And your kid went to Toledo. I said, hey, God had to sacrifice the son too. But he had a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, and the Rockets were on my... I love Toledo. We joke about it all the time. Clint Longnecker over there is a good friend of mine. He's, he's, he's a great brother. All that. So here's, here's what we're calling people to do. We're calling them to be born again. We're calling them to repentance. We're calling them right now to go come to Jesus and get married. When, when you present the gospel... In a marriage covenant, you begin to get it. It started with Adam and Eve. What was Jesus' first miracle? Anybody got a light bulb right there? He said, it ain't my time, mom. Which is proof, men. We just do what women tell us to do. It goes better. And somehow, even though Jesus knew it wasn't his time to launch his ministry, at a wedding, the father approved. Why do you think the father approved and he turned the water into wine? Because it is a wedding invitation. The greatest deception, if we're telling people, all you got to do is believe. Doesn't James say even the demons believe that and shudder? 
Now, I don't want you, we're, we're not religious fuddy-duddies but because marriage is the funnest thing in the world, right, Shell? See that? <laughs> it's a good way to get a yes out of your mind. You go speak somewhere, and she's in front of everybody, and she has to say yes, right? Because that woman's got a, a reward in heaven for being married to me. Imagine this, girls. When we first met in Bible college, I, I'm 400 and who knows pounds, and they manipulated me to go out and play these games on a hill put my head on a ball bat, spin around, and got, get dizzy and roll down the hill, which I hated. But they manipulated because the kids were 18 coming to Bible college. This was after I went to BG, so I did it and got dizzy. Imagine a hill in Kentucky and gravity working with a 400-pound guy rolling down a hill. And I rolled over a small tree and killed it. That's the first time Shelly ever laid eyes on me. True story. True story. But she saw my one pack. She saw the ab, the one I committed to and developed it. And lust of the flesh took over and she asked me to marry her. Kind of. True love story, isn't it? The truth is, she asked her friend, who's that big fat guy? That's a true story. She She wasn't saved. She was Lutheran. She just drank a lot. So why her parents sent her to Bible college. (laughs) That's not true either. Yeah, she just drank a lot. She wasn't Lutheran. Yeah, that's not true. Honey, are you enjoying this? Good, good. Lauren, you got a scripture for that? Good, good. But in that moment, we met and then went to the library she asked me to help her study. She was having trouble with a class of a professor to talk way over your head. And I helped her and kept helping her. Of course, gorgeous blonde, she asked me for help. What am I supposed to do, men? Hey, I'll come up with football. Come on. Here's the funny thing. I'm going to give you this. I'll give you this story. Yes. Jesus. So <clears throat> this is a time when I was scared to get married. This is just like coming to Jesus. I was scared to get married. Because I come off a busted engagement already, and so all that, and uh, very, very scared of getting hurt again. And so we just started walking and talking and feeding the ducks at the lake and helping her with her studies and walking and talking, and, and we're just friends. You know that? And everybody's going, hey, are you guys dating? Oh, no, 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 we're just friends, we're just friends. People, you know that state, you know, the Hallmark movie, that part? Mm, mm, you got that, Dan? Did you do that? Did you do that? Were you a chicken or did you just say, man up, honey, you and I need to have kids? <laughs> did you just do that? Yeah, that's what I figured. So I was very scared and to the point, <clears throat> she had this other guy that was, should not, he was at Bible college and he was a player. Like he would, he, he, he was well known for having sex with as many girls as he could at Bible college. Me, <clears throat> I didn't like him because he was after Shelly. So one day in chapel, because we're talking, but we're not, we're not a thing. Now I learned in high school, there's talking and, you know, it's, it's all confusing. 
So in the chapel, folks, in the church, are you ready for this? In the church, he sits down beside her in chapel. And I walked in and saw him there. I saw him. I was only bench pressing about 465 pounds and was an all-American wrestler as well. And we have this thing we have, men, called jealousy. God is a jealous God. In other words, you don't mess with my woman. That's a good word for the church, isn't it? Oh, it's getting bad out there. Mm -mm, God's a jealous God. He's got us. He's a fierce protector. And he doesn't like people messing with his woman. Don't mess with the church. We are his bride. We are his kingdom, see? We're married to the king. So I walk over to him. He is about five foot nothing. Skinny little. Is this being recorded? I got to be careful what I said. You know there's a vernacular word for strong sexual desire. I won't use that one, but that's what he had. And it was impure, so I'll get out. I walked over to that little demon. <laughs> no, I, it's, we don't get mad at people. It's just there's demonic powers at work in them. And I said to him, what do you think you're doing? He looked at me and goes, well, I just come to chapel. I said, why are you sitting beside Shelly? You're not sitting here. Get out. We weren't dating. Girls, you feeling this? How's this happening? We're not dating. We're just spending all kinds of time together talking. He looked at me. He goes, well, I have a right to sit here. I said, you also have the right to get broke. <laughs> like, I will kill you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Slowly, you little punk. You get you and your hormones out of here. And he started crying and left. I said, you big baby. Don't mess with the church. Don't mess with the bride. Now, that, ladies and gentlemen, is what led me to repentance. Because girls, we weren't dating. I hadn't committed to her. So we went out and skipped class and had a three-hour fight on the back of my uh, tailgate. She goes, you had no right. We're not dating, blah, 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 blah. Listen, she, she didn't like the kids. She was playing the leverage. <laughs> she had me in checkmate. She's like, the God of the universe has arisen, and you are in love with me. And so she's going, checkmate, big man. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know what he's done to other girls and blah, blah, blah. You know his reputation. We're not dating. You haven't committed to me. In that moment, and I have three hours, because I get things quickly, men. Right, girls? We get stuff quickly, us men, right? You're like, you don't see it? What? Three hours of fighting. And I looked at her, I said, you know what? The truth is, I love you, and I don't know what to do about it. Come on, where's the applause? <laughs> Hallmark, checkmate. So then we started officially dating. Everybody knew. She's been my wife 34 years now. 
Do you know why? She made me repent. You got to decide. Isn't that easy? Mankind runs out of wine, don't we? I preached that at a prison to a group of women. It was nuts. Oh, and they talked back to you. All the African-American women and Hispanic women, it was live action. Mankind ran out of wine, and Jesus offered us a ring. All our sin and shame. The gospel is here. Do you want a ring? Do you want a ring? All right, Bridget, now's your time. Hey, Bridget, don't interrupt the flow of the Holy Spirit here. Okay. Come quietly to the keyboard or whatever you're going to do. Here's, here's the truth. We're scared to be in love. We're scared to give our lives away. And it's the greatest opportunity when you realize that once you get married, you grow. But it is a true salvation because you will not receive the Holy Spirit by just saying the sinner's prayer. You can do that if you're giving your life to God. But you don't give your life and earn it what happens is you get married. Does that make sense? Anybody want to go to the end of the book here? It's the end. Revelation 19, the one we love, right? Can you hurry up and play something here? Just keys. You know, remember where David played and the demons left? We got a lot of demons we got to get rid of. Most of them are mine. Don't. Just calm down. That's beautiful. Stop laughing. I get nervous. Once we preach this, folks, the kingdom is we're one church. Jesus prayed this in John 17. I pray that they will know we're one, that we're husband and wife. We share a oneness that no one else can have. And I have adorned her in righteousness. I have made her righteous. I have made her holy. I have given her my authority. I have given her everything. And the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't know him today, is bowing your knee. He's bowing his knee, offering you the greatest ring you will ever see. Ladies, he ices us up. It's all the dream. It wrecks our lives. It changes us. I've got to do things, preach to nations and all kinds. I never dreamed a small town boy would be. But it's not because I was a genius. It's because I finally fell in love and got married. You don't have to be afraid of worshiping. Wave a, wave a flag. Get out of your seats. Marriage, when you're love drunk, is awesome. That's what happened on Pentecost. They were love drunk. It was a baptism of fire. There's a marriage ceremony. And then there's intimacy. There's power and love and impartation. All of it over and over and over again. Husband and wife, the song of songs will make you blush. David prayed for the marriage. Solomon illustrated it. And in Ecclesiastes, he talked about the disappointments of being married to man. Israel lamented because they were married to the wrong guy. And the kingdom of God is here. He's here. He wants you to know you're mine. You're special. You and only you. And it makes you, and you, you muse. You muse and the fire burns. Because it's real. You can't fake it.
You can't make it up. And from one man, he's created all the nations. He appointed your exact time and your exact date, though he's not, so that you'd reach out to him, though he's not far from you. In other words, you big dummies, I've been here working in your life the whole time trying to get you to see I'm the one you want to marry. And I'm going to tell you this, when you get married, you do it publicly. You're not ashamed to go, this is my beloved wife. Not like when you're dating, you're not, you don't want to tell anybody something's going on. And it's the greatest romance in the world. And I'm going to tell you this. A man is never bigger than when he bows his knee and he offers that ring till death do us part. Don't you want that? Don't you want to preach that? Don't you want to see lives transformed? I mean, the fields are ripe right now. They're trying to find love in all the wrong places. But we've got a church that's got an orphan spirit because we don't understand. We've got the name. Don't you change your name at marriage? I changed mine to Jesus. When you get baptized, don't you change jerseys? And you put on the jersey that says Jesus. It's like a press conference. You announce who you signed with. It's all public. We're not afraid anymore. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. It's not my church it's our kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Stand to your feet. We're having a wedding today. Do you understand? Stand. We have a wedding. The king has come. If you happen to slip in here and you've never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he just wants to marry you. That's why you come and say, I give you my life. I confess you with my mouth. I confess my husband with my mouth. I believe in my heart. He raised from the dead because faith is in your heart. You fall in love in your heart. Past your head. You got to get past the intellect into your heart because you have a strong heart. You have a heart of romance, men. You have a heart of fire and passion like Mel Gibson on Braveheart. It's true love. But you have a king that fights for us. And it might look like we're surrounded. I'm surrounded by God. And so Jehoshaphat did what, Bridget? When he was surrounded, he sent out to choir. You don't need me to preach. Because in his presence is the fullness of joy. He'll heal you. He'll comfort you. He'll remove the demons from your brain in the name of Jesus. It's an invisible battle, but it's real. So I invite you, wherever you're at, right now, see... The majority, when I preach to churches, they're already married. But sometimes we put our spouses about third place and we get busy in our careers. And we get, we know in our heart, we, we say these things, I'm not living the way I should. I, I, I don't 
I know I have the perfect spouse, but I've got him about third right now. And so we get these messages. You need to recommit your life. Some people are like, you need to get saved. They make churches feel guilty. It's not. It's just that, yeah, I've done it too. I've got third. I've got God third. Seek first the kingdom. That just means you repent and do the things you did at first. We lost our first love. It goes across the gambit because we have the greatest groom in the world. says the kingdom of heaven. Everything I have for you and what I have in store in the future is heaven. It is a match made in heaven. It is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news. And you don't need a PowerPoint. You are the power. You are the point. And so, Father, I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you come. That you come and you begin to speak to people's hearts, God, of who they are and what they carry. Jesus, that you will put confidence in their heart of the new name they've been given. And God, I pray for breakthrough where we're not afraid. We're not afraid to confess our sins to one another. It just means we talk and go, I got struggle. I have a struggle in health. I have a struggle in my marriage on earth. I have struggle with my children. My kids don't believe. I've got an addiction and I need help, but I'm afraid to say it. God, remove the walls and bring on the church of Toledo, Ohio. Bring them forward, God. Bring forward the church of Northwest Ohio and the church of Ohio and the church of the United States and to Isaiah 2-2 that all the nations belong to you and will stream to the authority of the Lord. God, do it here. And God, like Jehoshaphat's choir, right now we proclaim your kingdom. That you change us. And we're going to worship. And if you want prayer for something, we'll pray for you. Because that's what we do. We pray for one another. When I was backstage, I said, what do you need prayer for? And I said, I'm still healing. And glorious people prayed for my healing. It increases. Something happens every time. Every time. Sometimes the promise is so strong, but no matter what, sometimes you only get that in heaven. Because there's a warfare struggle that we don't understand, but it's not because God doesn't heal. You don't have to figure it out. You're married. So if you want prayer for anything, just come up here and stand, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit touch you, and we're going to worship. We're going to worship. And you don't have to come forward. The Holy Spirit's touching you right now where you stand. If you want, the thing you don't want to do is be afraid to do what's in your heart. I didn't come here to say, oh, so many people come forward, I could give a flip. What I care about is right now you're encountering God. Come, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.